Hello everybody and welcome to This Game Where with me, Ashley, and Christopher. Hello everyone, episode 101, Ashley. 101, yeah. Oh, and, all, and also, um, hello to the listener, hope you're feeling well. I'm trying to do that every episode now. Okay, is that the 101 to 200 shtick? No, it's just being polite. When do we get bitter and cynical and, and turn on the listeners? Mm, when should that be? 333? Three, three, three. Yeah, right, I'm up for that. Yeah, yeah all right. Nice how, one. How are you, Ashley? I'm penciling it in. All right, thank you. I'm lying. I I couldn't be asked. So hopefully that doesn't. I, hopefully that doesn't come across in the podcast. Well, if I, we... yeah, like this, the first episode that I can think of that I genuinely just just couldn't be bothered. Just can't. Well, can't bothered. If we preface the episode with that, then if it is a bit lackluster, then that's okay. And then that's if, why. Yeah. And then and if it's not, then at the end we can say, well, you know, you powered through and it's all good. So actually, that's quite a good way to start. I think. Yeah, give, give myself a pat on the back for s- something that I probably shouldn't be patting myself on the back for. Not being asked. Yeah. But you weren't, you couldn't be asked, and you've done it anyway. You did good. Good on you. Yeah. You all right? Yeah. I don't care. Oh, all right. No, go on, tell me. All right. I, I had a, a nice walk today in the sunshine. It's been quite quite spring-like today, hasn't it? First day of spring, I guess. Yeah. We did our garden yesterday a little bit. No. Yeah, that was, it was a nice day yesterday. Uh, and then today, we've painted our bedroom and installed oh. some skirting boards. Oh, very grown up and mature. First time I've done it. How was that? Completely buggered up one corner, but oh. did a perfect job on the other. So it's the first time I've ever done it. I'm learning. Just put some furniture in front of it. No, no, no. That's what we're going to do. Good, 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 good. Yep. I mean, this is the most grown up, ridiculous introduction to this podcast that we've ever had. Shall I tell you what the game is? Yes, please. Because I'm rapidly okay. running out of uh, DIY banter to, to fall back on. This week, it is this game where you fly through space and time exploding mutant creatures with your lasers. The game is named after a 1988 song that is based on another song from 1984, which is itself based on the theme from a John Carpenter film from 1976. There's a lot to unpack there. I got very confused. Good. Is the word exploding? is that important? No, I just fancied saying it that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. No, not got a clue. It's all splody. No, not at all. Do you know what the film is? The John Carpenter film from 1976. I think the only John Carpenter film I've seen is The Thing, so no. Okay. Did he do other films? He did the films. What other films did he do? There are actually lots of John Carpenter films you've probably seen, aside from The Thing. Such as? Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah? Christine? No, I've not seen That's that Stephen one. That's Stephen King. It we is. were talking about Stephen King before this, uh, and that is a Stephen King. Escape from New York with... Uh, Snake, okay, what's his face? Yeah, his name. That's the one where Snake Piskin, the character. Yeah, that's the the name that Solid Snake or whatever. Yeah, I know that bit of trivia, but I've not seen the film. Nope. Okay. Well, there's lots. Oh, Halloween. Yeah, I've seen that. Yep. There you go. Stabby, so stabby. lots of Jamie Curtis. Lots ah! of jo- there we go. That's the one. Perfect rendition. Lots of John Carpenter stuff. Uh, the um, important one is Assault and Precinct 13, because that's the theme tune that the game alludes to, or has allusions to. Do you know Assault and Precinct 13? There was a remake of it called Assault and Precinct 13. Every time you say it, I keep thinking you're going to say something about Assault and Vinegar. No. Or I, I was thinking no. you are going to say it about Assultan, as in like Aladdin. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, no. I'm fresh out. Well, we'll come back to that then. I've, l- I've led with my best fact. That is my best fact, by the way, the fact that... The game has this convoluted uh, link to a, a John Carpenter film. Um, the game is called Xenon 2, colon, Mega Blast. Mega Blast. And it's for the Sega Master System. Yeah. Uh, that's a great not, name. Not, 
Not heard of it. Um, I've heard of Xenon. Have I heard of Xenon? Is it like Crackout? No. How have no, I heard it's of, a shoot 'em up. How have I heard of Xenon? Is it just one of those games that people know a lot about? It could well be because this is a Bitmap Brothers game. Oh, okay. Xenon was the Bitmap Brothers first game. Xenon okay. 2 is their third. So it goes Xenon, Speedball, Xenon 2, Mega Blast. Right. Okay. Now, the subtitle, Mega Blast, actually, that comes from a song called Mega Blast by a group, a group, uh, a DJ, a music man. Uh, it comes from a, a music man called Bomb the Bass. They made a, a song called Mega Blast, which has the parentheses or parenthesis of hip hop on Precinct 13. Okay. Right. So, And that came out in 1988. That song was actually a version of a song called The End by the Splash Band. And that song came out in 1984 and used uh, the same melody that was the in the theme for Assault on Precinct 13 okay. in 1976. So that is the link from John Carpenter to uh, Mega Blast. Other, or Xenon 2. Other than the name, Mega Blast, does it have anything to do with that song? The music, the music in it is by Bomb the Bass, and right. it plays throughout the throughout the game. So an actual song that was released and hit the charts, it was then yeah. in its game. Right, I can with you now. That's, that's, yeah. that's quite an unusual occurrence. Mm, yeah, I suppose, because this game came out in 1989. Well, oh God, I'm getting all this wrong, I, doing rubbish, because I can't bother, clearly. The game originally came out on the Atari and I think the Amiga in 1989. It then released on the Master System, which is the version that I had and the version that we'll be playing tonight. Uh, it then released on the Master System in October 1991. But the the music, that piece of music, is intact or, or semi-intact anyway. Um, and it is. The reason that I'm labouring this is because it's, it's kind of cool for okay. a start, yeah. but it's also... The piece of music is the thing that I most remember about the game. Is it good music? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I watched I watched Assault and Precinct 13 last year with Hannah, and the music made such an impact. I haven't played this game since I was about six. The music had stuck with me so hard that there was a black screen, the music for the film started, and I was like, bloody hell, I know that. Why do I... I, I know that music. Why is that... Oh, yeah, it's Xenon 2. Wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, I was quite shocked to hear it in, uh, in a John Carpenter film. I guess if you didn't know that story and divorced from that, that would have been a very unusual I, situation. At the time, I didn't. I found that out off the back of watching Assault on Precinct 13 and realising that they shared this piece of music. Okay, so music aside, what is the game? That's a good question. That's exactly what I was going to follow up with. It's a vertically scrolling shoot 'em up or shmup, as you like to call them. And there's a lot of people like to call them. So instead of going sideways, we're going up the screen. Lovely. A bit like the Ninja that we also played on the Master System. That was, I guess, arguably yeah. a, a vertically upwards scrolling shmup. I think, yeah, you could definitely make the case. Although that that went all different directions. Is it? Sometimes yeah. you're going diagonally, sometimes you're going sideways and so on. But yeah, I think it is a shoot 'em up of a, of a kind. This one is set, I thought, in the future and in space, but actually it's set across time because the story apparently sees a group of presumably aliens called the Zenites. Presumably, again, that's where you get the name Xenon think so uh but the the zenites plant five bombs this is in the original by the way they plant five bombs throughout time and your task is to hunt those bombs down and defuse them before they destroy entire epochs 
how, how utterly nefarious of them. I know. And not only that, but these bombs have mutated the creatures uh, around them. So presumably they're radioactive in some fashion. The Grim. The first level is set in the Cambrian era, which is when, you know, like primordial soup sort of thing. There was a thing called the Cambrian explosion. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with yep. that. Yeah. So uh, for anyone that isn't, it's when there was a massive proliferation of brand new species. So I, I didn't notice this when I was playing the game. It felt very spacey to me, but actually I was swimming around in the primordial soup, uh, shooting stuff uh, from that period. I did think when you said space time at the start, I thought it was going to be something to do with Doctor Who. Yeah, well, Fortnite has just announced something, some tie-in with Doctor Who, haven't they? Oh, yeah, I saw the headline of that. Fortnite, Fortnite, something, something, Doctor Who. I, d- I didn't read any more than that. Yeah, I didn't, no, I, I didn't do it on purpose, but I wondered if you might accidentally uh, mistake this for Fortnite. But no, I'd forgotten You that. didn't fall for it? No, sorry. No. Fair enough. Um, just, just, just on that note, how many Fortnite fans do you think are clamouring for Doctor Who to be in Fortnite? I don't know. It's, uh, for, uh, Doctor Who is a surprisingly universal and an international series, isn't it? I guess so. I think it, in some ways it might be more popular outside of Britain than in it. Yeah, the Daleks popped up in the Lego Batman movie. So I guess that's kind of indicative as to yeah, the popularity. Exactly, yeah, Weirdly, yeah. It seems too ropey to me to be that popular, but there we are. This is someone that watches every episode. <laughs> no, I don't always enjoy it, let me, let me be honest. So it talks about the plot. Why are you bringing this game for our big episode 101 spectacular? What, what makes this is so it, good? Well, I'll be honest, I didn't realise that episode 101 was supposed to be a, a big spectacular affair. So there's that. Oh. And two, because this game is... a. It feels like one of the earliest, yeah, one of my earliest sort of uh, experiences. And I've I had Elden Ring. I think was that the last game that I had. It was that yeah. I covered. So that's the most recent, one of the most recent games. I thought I'd just try and go back to oh. where we started things. You know, Lovely. like we're supposed to be talking about old games, aren't we? So I thought I'd choose a nice, a nice old one. So one of the things that the Bitmap Brothers did, or one of the things that they were aiming for with this game was to try and distinguish it from other shoot-em-ups the thing that they honed in on as an issue with shoot-em-ups i don't know whether it is or not but one of the things that they honed in on was the fact that a lot a lot of the time shoot-em-up enemies follow very easy to read patterns so their enemies in the enemies in this game supposedly um follow slightly more obscure patterns and try and trip you up a little bit more or else there's a bit more variation and variety to what they try and do to you Mm -hmm. now i think that that might be true but that's based on a, a as I've alluded to, a 28-year-old memory. I kind of remember it being quite a busy affair. Lots of different types of enemy, lots of different designs, lots of different ways of being attacked. Like, I kind of vaguely remember sort of what I presume were corals hanging off the side of the screen and shooting you from sideways and sort of flip-flopping like manta ray type things, flip-flop. Oh, pancakes. I seem to remember them as pancakes, but they would flip-flop down, so they'd sort of float like leaves down. Uh, the screen or there'll be things that swoop in from the side or swoop in in deep arcs that come from the top of the screen down and then up uh, and then also these again what i presume are trilobites but actually seem or, or something like that but actually seem like big space tanks to me when i was playing the game and they're like big slow moving bulky baddies that absorb a lot of shooting a lot of bullets so i mean that's just off the top of my head things that i remember and and even there there's quite a lot of variation isn't it and that's it, just one level as well that's exactly what i was about to say that the variety 
it stands out from that, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, the game when I played it, I'd I'd already become familiar with sort of the old the old staples, and it did feel like a very souped up Space Invaders. That's how I kind of thought about it when I was playing it at the time. Sounds alright. Yeah, I, I think so too. At the same time, and now this this actually got quite stellar reviews when it came out on the Atari, but when it came out later on the Master System, people weren't as keen. Now, I think there might be reasons that I'm aware of that people weren't so keen. One of which is that the game, I think, struggled even on the on the Master... Well, especially on the Master System. And I remember it actually uh, suffering from slowdown. I didn't know it was slowdown at the time. I didn't know that uh, I was losing frames, as as the kids would say these days. Um, I just thought it was part of the game. I just thought that that's how it worked at that point in time. But I certainly remember that at certain times, at certain points in the first level in particular, it would slow down to a crawl. I thought it was to make it harder, but apparently... <laughs> Apparently not. I thought it was a feature, a gameplay feature. I thought I thought it was a feature, yeah. That's what we were like in the olden days. We didn't complain about these things. We were just thankful to have games. Was that genuinely because it struggled to run on the master system? Yeah, I think it must have been. I wow. so again, I haven't I haven't checked this out. It's just that as I've been thinking about this I think as I've been thinking about Xenon 2, I distinctly remember these things happening. And I, I'm sort of retroactively realizing that it's it's to do with performance issues but like i say i think i think it's strange i do find it strange that people complain so much about performance issues uh these days although i think it's possibly because people spend so much of their gaming lives online that it kind of has a, a much bigger impact when you're playing with other people i suppose but you know i when i was chugging away on my uh, on my master system uh, super monaco grand prix or xenon 2 or heroes of the lance or whatever i just went oh it's gone slow here and now it's a bit harder oh dear oh oh it's gone back to normal speed again and that was it that was that it just registered for a moment did you master system a wallop to try and speed it up again no because it seemed like it should be part like it was supposed to do that there's another game that was on the nes uh called totally rad which we'll talk about at some point um and, and actually i've mentioned a few times uh already but totally rad had the same thing so when you were fighting some of the bosses particularly it would slow down to a crawl and you'd be able to sort of shoot once every five seconds oh, that sounds awful and again i thought that that was part of the game so it was fine that's just fine it's how it's how games are sometimes that was my re- response that was my reaction to be fair as, as a gameplay feature having a boss that did that to you as a gamer that would actually be quite unusual yeah like slows you down yeah i'm thinking i talked about this already on the podcast before that last boss at the end of beyond good and evil where you control those you your controls get flipped so right becomes left left becomes right it's really difficult to control it because of that. And it's a game. Spoilers, everybody. Oh, that's not a spoil. Well, I guess it is. Well, well I, I haven't finished Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, well, you so should that do. is a genuine. I'm not, I'm not bothered about spoilers, but, you know, some people are, so. Okay, well, oh, well, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty cool. It is very cool. And the fact that I can remember it 18 or so years after first playing that game. Mm. But there we are. We're, we're not game developers. No. Okay, fair enough. We could do it on paper. We could. I don't think we can. We could try. Refresh my memory, please, of... 
mass system? Was this at your house? Was it at your uncle? Was it mass system? Uh, my uncle did have a mass system, but we had our own mass system as well. It was bought for us uh, by our biological father and got left behind uh, in the... In the Ferrari? Yeah, in the Ferrari and got left behind in the Ferrari. So I haven't actually seen that mass system for... And I, I just put some numbers on it. It would have been about eight. So yeah, I haven't seen the mass system for 26 years and I haven't owned a mass system since then either. So, um, it feels, yeah, it feels like we're going down. Behind. Th- this is your life, and uh, that master system is here with us tonight, Ashley. Oh, that would be amazing. Have you really, have you really brought me a master system? Is it the same master system? You have me on, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> dug it out from landfill. That's not a way to g me up. I already told you I couldn't be bothered today, and now you're Sorry. hanging ghostly master systems in front of my nose. <laughs> it's not right. Who got you it's the not game? Right at all. Oh, let's not go into that. Right, you don't okay. need to know about. Okay. You don't need to know about my sordid history. I, what I'll tell you is that it's. What did I tell you? Oh yeah, I told you that the Bitmap Brothers made it. I told you that the Bitmap Brothers had this idea that shmups were a bit samey, so they did that old. They tried to inject theirs with variety. And what I didn't tell you is that actually, I feel like on other counts they failed to inject <laughs> that variety or to great mix it up as they were trying to do because this game does just follow the same pattern as other shmups in so much as you shoot a lot of enemies then you get to the end of the level and there's a big body a big body bass <laughs> a big a big baddie boss a big boss baddie well, say that three times fast a big boss baddie who you have to kill and then if you kill that then it automatically diffuses the bomb in that level and you move on to the next one and try and do the same thing again you do that in, in the Atari version you do that five times in the Master System version uh, you do that three times so there are only three levels here even though there's five bombs yeah i don't know if there are five bombs in the mass system version i assume that they've slimmed it down and that they've trimmed the number of bombs in line with the number of levels or you you Uh, don't think that they've or you do the third one and suddenly this bit of text pops up oh the other two bombs were diffused as well hooray yeah or or the opposite oh god you were too late to get to the other two uh everybody's dead it's interesting that actually we've come to this point because one of the things that this game's known for, I didn't know this because I never actually finished it, but one of the things that this game is known for is one of the most disappointing, deflating endings in gaming, like oh, the whole of gaming. What? Uh, yeah. It, what? You, what happens? You apparently, well, I can show you. I will show you um, what happens, but I, I'll describe it to you first for the for the listeners. You basically you get you get to the end of the level, you beat the last boss, uh, you then get a message that says that you're entering the shop, which you've done. Uh, I haven't talked about the shop, but you can do that apparently in the game. Again, never actually got to that point where you could enter a shop because I wasn't very good at this game. But you could enter the shop, you could buy things in the shop. At the end of the game, it says entering shop. You go into the shop and the shop owner then says something snarky and it cuts to black and starts the game over from the beginning. That's what? It. I'm going to send you That makes the no sense. Ending. No, exactly. It was just a... It, what was it? Populous. I think it was Populous where they programmed in an ending because one of the things in certification was that it had to have an ending. So they programmed in this ending where somebody just winks at the camera and then the game carries on. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that well, This kind of Okay, this kind of reminded me of that, where they've sort of gone, oh yeah, we forgot to give it an ending. What should we do? I'll just send them to the shop and get the shopkeeper to say something. So actually, not an ending, really? Not an ending. No, no. Well, I've just watched that ending. Utter hogwash. Yeah, nonsense, isn't it? It's just 
And it's just like, oh, can't bother to do something satisfying story-wise. So we'll just get the shopkeeper to deal with it. So you've had this epic journey across multiple you know, dimensions, I guess, across all of space and time, defeating these, these Zenites and stopping their evil bombs that have mutated into these things. Yeah, well done. That's that. And then the equivalent of your newspaper, equivalent of a news agent tells you to turn off your tally. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know that much about Bitmap Brothers. I know the name. I know the moniker. And I know a game called Chaos Engine, which was about... It kind of reminded me of another game that I had on the NES called Mission Impossible, which it's based on the Mission Impossible television series, where you had three characters and they all had different like attack styles. I think they were more like mercenaries in Chaos Engine. So you took on these three characters and fought your way through the jungle or something like that. I don't know. But... That's all I really know of them. And yet their names seem synonymous with sort of late 80s, early 90s con- console gaming in particular, I feel. Yeah, it, it's a developer that I've heard of, but I, I couldn't genuinely tell you a single game. I mean, it's it's kind of goes back to the John Carpenter thing from the start, where I, I can't actually think of any games that Beat My Brothers have done. But I think if you listed some, mm. you just mentioned Chaos Engine. I've heard of Chaos Engine, didn't know it's yeah. a Beat My Brothers game. I don't know who Beat My Brothers are. Is a surname Bitmap? John Bitmap and Tom Bitmap? yes. Welcome. That's actually exactly it, yeah. Welcome to the sister. Was her a sister? Let's stop prying into everybody's family lives, please, Chris. Right. Come on, control yourself. You're just you're hungry for salacious gossip. It's disgusting. I feel like Hetty Wayne. I've never known you to be quite like this. Yeah. I've got a list of their games. There's there's the Xenon pairing. Then there's Speedball and Speedball 2. Gods. I've heard of Gods, but I don't really know anything about it. The only, the only ones that actually I know off this list... I've heard of Speedball, but the only ones that I've actually experienced are Xenon 2 and the Chaos Engine. But beyond that, yeah, uh, I'm kind of none the wiser. Maybe they're amazing. We should probably probably have a little look. Well, I think it's about time for us to strap in and ride your space-time continuum and revisit this game that you've not touched since you were six. Are you excited? That is the most homoerotic thing you've ever said to me. Is I it? can't believe you did it on podcast. Strap yourself in. Ride the space-time continuum. It's time to strap myself in and ride your space-time continuum. <laughs> That's what you said. If, if, it sounded extremely homoerotic to me. I think it says more so, about your mind frame that that's what you've read into it, to be honest. Well, I wasn't necessarily complaining. Let's get going. Boom, boom, boom. Pow, pow, pow. Pew, pew, pew. Hi. <laughs> I, was being a, I was being a rocket ship from Xenon 2. Bang, bang. Yep. Shoot, shoot. Yep. No? Nookie on that. Yep. I, I, no, I said yep twice and you said yeah. nope. Sorry. That was the opposite of what I said. I said yep. I think that so, characterizes very well. I, I'm relentlessly positive and you just come in with the next... Zenon 2, how did it hold up to little six-year-old Ashley's recollection of this game? I like it more now than I did then, I think. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's going to become like a staple and that I'm going to be revisiting Zenon 2 on a regular basis, but I think it's all right, and actually I did better. What I held off saying in the first half 
was that I wasn't sure whether I ever got past the first level. What I now realise is that is definitely the case. I did get to the boss, which is a giant Nautilus. I got to the boss a few times when I was younger and just never, never beat him. And there's a reason because he's fr- he's free and hard. And for clarity, I didn't get past that boss either, so. I've therefore got the same skills as a six-year-old, I guess you could extrapolate from that. I got past it today. Yeah, so it wasn't you. Not only did I get past it, but I got to the second boss in the in the uh, in level two, which is like this woodlouse, not woodlouse, he's like this crab, louse, tick type thing. And actually, he is he's a lot easier, I think, even than the Nautilus to beat, because the Nautilus is really difficult. The crab thing is probably easier to beat because his patterns are a lot easier to pick up i didn't beat him because i went into that level uh, i went into that boss with just like literally a tiny the tiniest slither of health the the only the just one last tiny piece of health that's all i had left and i held my own but then i died but you know look at the positive you you got past where you got to as a child yeah not only that i've played now 66 percent of that game true yeah. So I'm an authority. I can talk about it. Six, seven, round it up. Think about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What did you think? The frame rate was dreadful. Yeah, but is that what you're gonna? Is that one you're gonna judge it on? No. I when I first started playing the first level, that was the thing that jumped out at me is that, as you said, when lots of enemies are on screen at the same time, the frame rate slows down a lot as a result of that. And it's not unplayable. It's just adding challenge into it unnecessarily that i think is not really the game's fault it's funny because it cuts both ways was my experience of it sometimes it makes it easier and sometimes it makes it harder when it gets all choppy and slow maybe at points especially when you're surrounded by lots of enemies it gives you a little bit of time to breathe Mm. because if that was going full speed you'd be balls to the wall wouldn't you yeah true true once the game did that both of us commented on, which I think is really good for this genre of game, is that you can actually go backwards. So it adds an element yeah, of exploration to it. So there was one well, point... Well, a, a very, let's be honest, a very yeah. limited ex- uh, level of exploration. The, the level of exploration I'm going to explain, for example, is that halfway through the first level, there's um, suddenly a wall in front of you halfway through. So you've got to decide to take the left path or the right mm. path, which I quite enjoyed. And I went for the right path first off and came to dead ends, then had to reverse back which i imagined would have a beeping noise just to amuse myself yeah exactly and then go back up and then go back up the left path but i I quite like that i think it adds a bit of variety yes i think the the more interesting use of the backup mechanic or whatever you want to call it is that it's it's semi-tactical it just adds a very small smith smattering of tactics to the way you navigate so there Mm. might be moments where it's actually beneficial to back away from some enemies hold hold off on moving up the screen so that you can take out say some of those weird coral things that are shooting from the side at the same time i think that the developers have taken into account that that tactic is one that people will employ and they have enemies coming from behind you so you have to be careful about where you deploy it and when you deploy it and and try and make sure you're safe so i yeah i i'd forgotten you could do that but it's um definitely a, a welcome addition to the arsenal and one of the ways to try and combat those enemies that loitered behind you was the use of that reverse gun thing that was hovering mm. around uh, mm. close towards the start of the uh, or about halfway through the first level and that was quite quite satisfying to be able to ping off missiles both in front and behind and transition yourself in a way that meant you were attacking both at the same time i quite liked that yeah me too another thing that i because i hadn't finished the first level before 
I'd never been able to access the shop. But when I was able to access the shop, I was able to buy, I mean, multiple things, one of which was a giant laser that wasn't as good as my normal gun. Another item in there was the Super Nashwam or something like that. And that gave me like 10 seconds of the absolute full array of guns and missiles and everything. Everything possible, everything you could possibly attach to your ship was attached to my ship for 10 seconds. And I was going all guns blazing for 10 seconds. Now that is like I, I i really like that as a as an item you can buy like a, here's a little taster of of what you could be if you were super overpowered and it's just a it's just fun it was just fun doing that it was the equivalent of like the, the star in mario or supersonic or something just a quick burst I suppose of, so yeah you know being massively overcharged and overpowered and here you go but you've only got it for a limited time yeah i hadn't thought about it in those terms either but you're completely right and it was immensely fun the visuals of the game were really nice surprisingly nice for a master system game actually mm. the little touches like the ship go when you go left and right that the ship physically itself banks so you get this this nice degree of depth to it which I've, i really appreciated but even the details on the sides of, of the walls and the enemies themselves and the sheer variety of the enemies like that they, they look really good they did. So they've got a pseudo 3D element to them mm-hmm. as well, which again, if you think that this was on the on the mass system, I mean, obviously it's it's the way they've been drawn. They they are 2D sprites, but they've they've been drawn with such detail that some of them have take on a, on a 3D ness. Well, even on that note, actually, even the, the the playing field was black with pixels interspersed amongst it to create stars. But there were two layers of that, so one gave the impression of being closer to you, and one layer gave the impression of being further away, and therefore created mm. depth just with black space and pixels. Which again, I thought was very mm. clever, very savvy. Yeah. Now, what another thing that we've done today is play the Mega Drive version, which I've never played before. The Mega Drive version, from what I can gather, is closer to what the Atari would have presented you with. Point of comparison, graphics-wise, and certainly those backgrounds, I found actually that on a number of, uh, for a number of reasons, on a number of bases, I preferred the Master System and what the Master System was doing. Those backgrounds, those spare black voids with occasional dust motes in the background were much preferred to what looked like I don't know, like brown smudges, brown blobs of algae or whatever they would be. Yeah, the the Mega Drive version uh, went with. Which then led to the unusual situation of the Master System version actually being better, in both of our opinions, to the Mega Drive version. Yeah, so the the Master System version, I think that the reason that I appreciated it or, or enjoyed it more was because it created atmosphere. It was to do with the way it looked, to do with the... The artistic choices that they made, particularly with those backgrounds, among other things. But as well, there's no music when you're playing the levels on the Mega Drive version. And there is all the way through the Master System one. And that made so much difference. The music, the, the Mega Blast, is, is very, very good. We, before we mm. started playing, actually gave me a potted history of that piece of music. So what were the three pieces? It was the original Assault on Preset 13. Then it was the disco version of that. And then it was yeah, the remix. called The End. So the right. disco version is, it, it's it's pseudo disco or new disco or something. So it was 1984 and it's the splash band, The End is the name of the song. And then it was the... Bomb the Bass. Bomb the we Bass. We this in the first half. I was going to say, I was going to say Boom Brothers, but I knew I was getting that confused with Bitman Brothers. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Brothers, yeah. It's okay. Bomb the well, Bass. Mega whatever blast. the piece of music was called, it was really nice. And I've still got the Master System version music going around my head as we're talking now. 
it's it's quite good. Good. What I said to you off mic was that actually this is a perfect trio of songs to show how music evolves over time. And it's like a little, well, you just called it a potted history. It's a potted version of how musicians play with one another over over the course of of uh, musical history yeah absolutely I, I completely agree how does it feel to have closure on finishing that first level then 20 was it tw- 28 years in the making exactly oh, i was um i was absolutely ecstatic i don't know how excited i came across but inside i was i was screeling screeling i was squealing like a it, like a little like a little boy it, it came a across six-year-old boy your jubilation was was clear yeah it was an achievement let me go back to the fact that the boss at the end of that first level the nautilus boss is really difficult it has this tentacle thing and the bullets are being shot out of the end of the tentacle and the tentacle does move to the bitmap brothers credit the tentacle does move in reasonably difficult to predict ways the bullet also seems to predict where you're intending to move so it will shoot ahead of where you're moving and i think you know, that's, I think that's unusual, uh, at least in my experience of shmups. They tend to have that the, uh, the bullets will move in patterns and they'll have arrays. So they'll move, they'll move in predictable manners. So you know that this enemy has this pattern. The unpredictability of this, uh, of this enemy and others was quite oppressive the Nautilus in particular, though, even more so. And you could, you could only seem to hit it when it's, when it pulled up its tentacle all the way into its body, so, which was few and far between. So you really had to choose your moments. It was a, a real war of attrition, which I lost multiple times. Yeah. Like I said, the boss on the second level, this crab tick thing, that seemed a lot easier because it followed the tradition of shmups in so much as they, it was quite a predictable character. And it didn't seem to be targeting you so much as just attacking the world around you and you maybe you get in the way. So yeah, the Nautilus for a first level boss, pretty challenging. The end, I suppose. The the game is good. The game is good, don't get me wrong. And the music is better than the game. It was certainly a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Cards on the table. Good. I'm glad. That's that's somewhere that's a good place to to be really isn't it i don't know if i said this at the beginning or or before we started recording but sometimes this sort of game i haven't touched this genuinely haven't touched this since i was six sometimes this sort of game is a a brilliant surprise and sometimes it's an absolute letdown and today i'm just glad that it was the first one Hmm, definitely well thank you very much for bringing it ashley uh obviously next week true to format i will bring one of my games and uh, we'll see how that holds up uh, in the meantime if you would like to come and join us on all the social medias we're on facebook twitter instagram and youtube and please remember to like share subscribe rate and review as well yeah yes please thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next week bye ttfn bye